when you listen to the show, if we are wrong or we don't know what we're talking about, that is perfectly fine. And you can correct us anywhere you want on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. You can find us at Not A Historian Podcast or at Not Historians. That's fine because we just jump on the internet, go to the library, talk to people, watch some interviews, and do the basic research we can just to show that two average Joes can do it. Exactly. We're not historians. So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Well, maybe he walked around with jelly beans. That's what it is. Maybe he walked around with jelly I think beans so. I think he, and he was at the crime scene and stuff and be like, nah, see, nah, I got these jelly beans, see, nah. We're just two dudes that came up with an idea and we said we should know more about the everyday world around us, like why are beer bottles the shape they are. In 1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of the, anyone, anyone, the Great Depression. Get ready to take notes, boys and girls. It's another edition of the Not Historians Podcast, with your hosts, Desmond Dunn and Shalom Agulana. Welcome to the show. I'm Desmond. I'm Shalom. And we're the Not Historians. So, uh, today's subject is another gangster. We wanted to do something a little different. We wanted to wax poetic here at the beginning because someone has done a better job of explaining this man's importance than we can. So uh, I would like you to tune in to the smooth, mellow, chocolatey tones of my co-host as he reads you a poem. That's right. I heard of Charlie Virtue way back when I was young. My daddy told me all about the day that Charlie hung. I've heard so many stories, some of his ghastly deeds. Another tale how Charlie helped poor folks in their need. One said he was a kindly man. He never told a lie, but when somebody crossed him, that man was sure to die. Now, Charlie had no master. You can tell from all the tales. He fought the system all the way and stayed out of the jails. I've seen so many pictures. They're hanging on the walls. The pictures tell the story of Burgess rising fall. And when they finally caught him, he was sentenced to be hung. But they hadn't broke his spirit the day the travel sprung. When the state had its vengeance, when Charlie's life was done, it made one stop to wonder who had lost and who had won. And that's by uh, John Gwaltney, and it's called Charlie Birch. Correct. Now, uh, before we jump into the actual content of the show, we want to give a big shout out to somebody. So here, learn all about him, and we'll be right back. This is the Secret Transmission Podcast. We are a podcast about the strange and unusual, the secret and the conspiracies, the friends and the supernatural. We're a podcast that talks about weird things like number stations, the Bermuda Triangle, the Salem Witch Trials, time travel, the moon landing, the Zika virus, serial killers, cults, the deep web, UFOs, superstitions. We cover it all. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Secret Transpod, at S-E-C-R-E-T, T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Now that we're back, let's let's jump off into this. We, we have one uh, Charlie Berger, a Illinois-type gangster dude. Uh, I say type gangster. He's definitely a gangster. Um, why, don't we, why don't we introduce by saying that that's not his real name? It's not. He was a... Uh, he was a Russian Jew. Oh, actually, uh, what, what was the... I guess right now it would be uh, Lithuania. Lithuania, yeah. 
And his name, uh, which neither one of us can pronounce well, because ha, no. Uh, it's S, I think S C H A C H A I, or just A. It, it's one of the names where they translate it, so it has multiple. Uh, right. Shachana. Well, I think we should try it. I mean, Shachana. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, I know the, the second part is Itzek Berger. I mean, I was thinking that you should try it. Uh, if if you want to try it, I'm more than willing to entertain. Uh, we we will be calling him Charlie because we while we respected that before his mama named him, we can't say your name, and uh, it seems inappropriate for us to even attempt it. I don't know where to really begin. Where do you want to start with uh, Charlie? Because he has such an interesting life, like he's a full character, right? I mean, and, and I kind of, I mean, when you say full character, I kind of think of him as a hero in my in my sense. Well, he's um, definitely like an anti-hero, like that's the whole thing. Like he does, he's very much the Punisher, like yeah. he's the old timey Punisher. I can see that. I mean, I wonder if he had an accent. I'm sure he, I'm sure he had some sort of accent. I don't know if he had like an accent like your, uh, like a Russian accent, because I think he was like eight when his family moved, so he probably had a bit of an accent, but it was probably gone. Yeah. By the time he got into life. I mean, I remember I had an accent up until about six or seven-ish, so... I am going to bribe your sister to get me the videotape uh, of you guys at the airport. I've seen this at your house with your mom, of you guys saying goodbye to the luggage. Uh, could you, could you, for our fans, reenact that accent? You know, for the fans, of course. You have to say goodbye to your luggage. Or something like that, but... I'm no, no, that's what, your, that's, what, that's what your dad says. He says, you have to say goodbye to your luggage, and then you, you guys both, in tiny Nigerian accents... Say goodbye, bye, luggage. Bye, bye, luggage. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bribe somebody to get that. Um, I need to note to self, destroy that tape. Yeah. <laughs> so he was when we say he was a character, he was a cowboy, a soldier, a miner, a bootlegger, and a, a fierce hater of all things KKK. Yeah, but I mean, naturally, I mean, if we're thinking about it, you know, the KKK was anti-immigration. Oh, yeah. And him and his family were immigrants. They immigrated to this country. So, I mean, it made perfect sense that he, they would be, uh, you know, he would be anti-KKK. And so, you know, he, he didn't just get, like, angry one day and was a gangster. Like a lot of dudes at the time, he had been in the war. Now, he wasn't in the, the Great War. I don't want to say that. He was enlisted from, like, 1901 to 1904, but he was honorably discharged. And, uh, He's he's really good at like just soldiering, basic soldiering, which I mean a lot of dudes are. But I don't know what the hell that means. But okay. basic soldiering, well, like you have the skills, you can you know you know how to shoot, I mean, you know how to make. Because when you say basic soldiering, uh, and this is maybe going to show my nerdism here. Sure. When you say basic soldiering, I think of Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII. Automatically uh -huh. soldier. Uh -huh. just, I, I don't know why it just happens. <laughs> no, I'm talking about uh, basic things like land navigation, oh, so shooting not skills. Yeah, not, not, not he knows how to survive like uh, seer stuff. That, that sort of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he, he had done that. And what was really crazy was he got into bootlegging. I'm not really sure how he got into bootlegging. He just got into bootlegging. It seems like it was pretty easy to do back then. Well, he noticed that it was an, uh, I mean, I don't want to say he noticed it was a criminal enterprise that he can go into, but he saw it as a business opportunity. In the research that I did, uh, I conducted, he saw that it was a business opportunity and why leave money on the table? Oh, okay. So that's, he just, he he recognized that there was a chance that he could get into making some money. Right. And it was with alcohol. Yeah, which a lot of people did back in those days. They realized that, I mean, the government in our infinite wisdom, I suppose, uh, decides to go and enact prohibition. Right. Where, you know, where uh, alcohol is banned. They want to make us all sober. They want to make us a sober state. 
And what do we alcoholics do? We decide that that's not going to happen. And uh, we take I would, advantage I, of the opportunity. I would love if somebody out there listening knows the real history of prohibition. We're trying to do an episode on it. We feel like it's a big part of what has to happen. Oh, yeah. But it's so complex because it's a national issue. Right. And it's historical that we definitely need somebody that has more knowledge than us to come in and say, this is why it happened. So I'm I'm trying my damnedest to find somebody that can come on here and talk about it because I really do think that we need to discuss that and the Great Depression and maybe even the Great War as to why things in this time period from the late teens to the mid thirties were the way they were. Right. And because it really takes it really takes off from World War One, right afterwards when Prohibition is enacted and the soldiers are coming home. And the job market's tanking, and then you have yeah. the Great Depression hit after that, and then you have the Dust Bowl until you get into we're preparing for war. We realize that Europe's going to be at war, things are not going well, and things swing back the other way. Yeah. So it's a it's a weird confluence right there that I don't think I can properly understand just by researching. Like that feels like it's probably a specialization. I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, it's definitely going to be a special. But it's not a specialization for Charlie Berger. That's just an interesting side note if you guys are wondering why we haven't touched it. So what he does is he hooks up with the, the Shelton Brothers, right? The Shelton right. Gang? Right, the Shelton Gang. Okay. Yeah. No, the Shelton Brothers Gang. Sorry. Okay. Well, either way, they're brothers and they're gang. So we're right. Ah. Are they like, wait a minute, are they like the modern day or rather the, the original Wayne's Brothers? Uh, I don't know if there were that many of them. Oh. And they definitely didn't have a Keenan Ivy. Uh, so... Keenan Ivory Shelty. It kind of fits, though. I like it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so he opened up his uh, original, like, bootlegging thing, I guess, in Saline County, and it didn't work out. No, not so well. Uh, he got ran out of town. I do not know if it was on a rail. I do not know if he was talking about Knowing what I know later of Charlie Berger, I'm going to guess not. Probably not. They probably just came and said, look, Charlie, uh, could you not do some gangster shit around here? <laughs> and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to leave. Yeah, I'm gonna go where the other gangsters live. Yeah, and that's exactly what that's exactly what he did. Dude, that had to be like the a scary time in history, though. I mean, that really had to be a scary point in history where you're getting run out of town, but you're trying to start a business in a criminal criminal enterprise and in America, and people are trying to stop you because they don't like anybody making criminal enterprise activities who are not American. I don't, I don't know. Well, especially what we'll learn later about where he moves to, which is Williamson County. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moves there. He sets up a speakeasy, which is basically a goddamn fort. Yeah. Like, he moves in and he's like, ain't nobody going to run me off. Ain't nobody going to tell me shit. Yeah. And he sets up what's called the Shady Rest. Um, that's a cool name. I mean, it is. Uh, I don't think it gives anything away other than you probably, I don't know if Shady, I hope there was a tree. Because it was out in the middle of like, I'm not really good on like what uh, Illinois geography is like. Like what's, there's trees and lakes. And, I don't know. Or maybe shade from all the, the wind. I don't know. Illinois. Um, uh, the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this know. is why we have a show because we don't know. No. Not, not geographists. <laughs> <laughs> We're the not geographists. <laughs> Uh, so that name is patent patent pending and um, uh, also copyrighted. Yeah, shout out to actually if you if you jump on Patreon and hook us up with a dollar or two or whatever, we have different things on there you can take a look at. It's on Patreon slash Not Historium. Uh, one of the things we've actually talked about is having a uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, and the YouTube channel would focus on things other than history. It would have us being not lots of things because uh, we are not experts <laughs> in any field, as we tell you every episode. So yeah, don't let my boss do that. Yeah, well, no, I meant more, and we're not scientists, so we would 
Uh, one I'm of not a scientists. I guess I'm going to make a sales pitch right here. One of the things that I have lined up if this show can get funding is I'm going to take an Oxford chemist and have him explain to me how the baking soda vinegar volcano works. We are going to build it together, and he's going to explain it. That's going to be hilarious. But we work together. He, he's a funny guy, so I think it would be very interesting. But he he does have a degree from Oxford, and he's currently a faculty. So well, all right. Uh, not not at Oxford, but still hilarious. Um. So he builds this fortified speakeasy. Yeah. But he realizes I, I'm going to guess this is some of his criminal knowledge mixed with military knowledge. He he needs a he needs a lookout post. He needs yeah. a, he needs an LP. So they they come up with the best one as a Texan. What do you think of the fact that his lookout post, his listening post, was a goddamn barbecue shack? Do I think that's like the best thing ever? That's perfect. I mean, you get your liquor and ribs at the same time. Right, but no one's not showing up to work knowing that they that it's just a fake job, but you still have to have barbecue, so you just sit there all day and eat ribs and be like, what are you doing? My job. I could, I could, <laughs> I could do that shit. I really could. Who couldn't? Like, uh, somebody would, you would have to hate barbecue, in which case I wouldn't know you. You would have to hate barbecue to not be able to go there. And I hope it was good barbecue and not just like they left it on there for like eight days. Like, we're just watching. I mean, yeah. I think a little bit of that happened on occasion. And they probably serve stuff because you wouldn't want people to come in here, hey, what's up with this? Yeah. Um, kind of so give it away pretty easy. Yeah. So you get to sit there and eat barbecue yeah. and uh, warn Charlie when the law or whoever's coming. I'm down with that. I could I could get behind that, I think. What, what's interesting is the idea of the speakeasy, too, because I, wanted to, I didn't find out anything about what the shady rest was actually about. Uh, my guess is it was just a speakeasy that was also like a built, like an armored place that he could have yeah. a like his hideout his headquarters but what's really cool is it didn't i don't think it had a cover in my mind now this is speculation i don't think he had a cover because he was like like you mean a charge to get in no 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 i don't think he was like this is a pharmacy or this is a dance hall yeah. or a coffee shop he's like no one's coming out here to fuck with charlie i mean is that what you're thinking yeah I'm, no I'm because the because the thing. thing is this like i've always had the trouble with what do you use as a cover for your speakeasy you come up with all these different ideas with restaurant Restaurants, dance hall, mm-hmm. right? But the problem is, everyone there is drunk. Yeah. So I think the perfect cover is actually like a pharmacy. But you can't have a million people. Not a million. You can't have two hundred people in your pharmacy. You got a big pharmacy. Everyone's sick. That's why they're acting the way they're acting. See, boom. They got the. They all caught the dancing plague. I mean, maybe that's logic from the same folks who thought that it was okay to arm an investigation unit with just their minds. <laughs> My police. Right. And no weapons to back them up. I mean, maybe that's the case. Well, you know what's really cool is, like, this is the first episode where we don't really worry about the FBI or the federal government too damn much. That's fact, Not at all. Well, and that's the weird thing is local government was pretty weird. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the interesting part of Charlie's story because this is really why we picked him. Um, There was a a certain group we've mentioned. If you listen to episode three with Jay Sandlin, we, we talked about the KKK and Superman taking down the KKK. After they passed this whole let's be American and not drink thing, the KKK came into Williamson County in 1923, 1924, started holding rallies, and it didn't rub well with actually a lot of the immigrant miners, but it's a big big place apparently at the time. Uh, So the Klansmen started getting deputized and winning local elections and getting all kinds of power. They they were pretty much ended up running these small towns as county. They, they could do whatever they wanted. They were the law. They were the law. The sure. law of the land was them. These immigrants who were having to work here because it's 1923. There's not a lot of options for them. They're working the coal fields. Yeah. They're doing bootlegging. They're doing, you know, these sort of things out there. 
And what happens is the Klansmen uh, start going house to house. Yeah, and arresting you, right? They're just yeah. trying to see Now, they're deputized at this time. Some are yeah. federal agents. Some are just local agents. Some are like city officials or county officials. And they're just going house to house. And if they think you're committing a crime or being an American. Right. Or drinking. Yeah, well, which, which, was, crime. which was yeah. really, they, they would throw your ass in jail, but not regular ass jail. Like, that wasn't enough that they would just round up people at will, like the Gestapo, yeah. and throw them in jail. You got thrown in special clan. You know, I got to go back and say, since we don't, since I didn't do enough research to kind of know what the special jail was like, I feel like we can't compare this to Gestapo. I mean, well, the Gestapo, I'm not, I'm not going to be, we're not going to get sidetracked. But they would—they were the, like the secret police, and just like subversives and stuff. Okay, so like they that. would look for resistance fighters and stuff. Yes, they did do the whole let's hunt Jews and right. homosexuals thing. But they also were looking for people that were inside that they thought could subvert them, like people that I'm a good Nazi, but they're not really like the whole uh, Schindler, Oscar Schindler, like thing. Like he would have been a good target for them because they thought that he, he's trying to be a good party member, but he's really not. Yeah. So he's subverting the whole idea, and that breaks everything apart. So they did that too. That's why I made the reference. Fair, fair point. I can see the. Is point. they were they were wanting people that had the same ideals and the same values they did. Yeah. And if you didn't, it, just on that, you didn't have to break the law. Even just if you didn't, they could just say you were. And because they were the law of the land, they were the federal agents in the area. Yeah. They were the state agents in the area. They were the elected officials in the area. Some of them were judges. Throw your ass in jail. What are they going to do? No, well, apparently nothing. And it's an interesting point you brought up with the comparison to the Gestapo and whatnot. I should have caught this parallel earlier. The. Um, you know, the question comes to play, how did they come to power? And the way they came to power that I found in the research was they came to power by being frustrated with the uh, the political climate at the time. Right. Where people were actually being elected officials who supported bootlegging. Right. No, no. It's very there's, – there's, there's a whole thing of religion mm-hmm. and immigration and criminal behavior. Like, you have to remember, it's a very mixed community. True. Good point. That's why he gets the support that he gets. That's why they get the support they get. There's two sides of the coin. Right. And that's why Charlie's such an anti-hero, such a, I guess, polarizing figure is because he goes back and forth on both sides of that. One side's going to hate him. One side's going to love him. Yeah. And so anyway, you have this criminal, I don't want to say mastermind, but figure. He's definitely a known figure of criminal enterprise. Yeah. He's running with these other uh, folks, the Shelton Brothers gang. Right. They're doing their gangster shit. They're bootlegging mostly. mostly. But then the KKK comes to town and decides that they're going to shut them down. And what's funny is they don't really get shut down. Um, well, no. The KKK doesn't really go after Charlie or the Shelton Brothers. I mean, they have they have run-ins, but I, they wouldn't go to war with each other like head-to-head, like trying to shut them down. Right. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. He get he gets mad that the Klan is... The Klan is supporting national prohibition. Right. And it happens for because the, the Klan comes into power and then power for over a year before Charlie does anything. Yeah. No, they're opposing everything that he, like, they don't want you to be. They want you to be American-born. He's an immigrant. They want you to be a Protestant. He's a Jew. Right. They, the, the, his friends are Catholics that have immigrated. Their friends, friends are Jews. Uh, they want you to, you know, do the American way. Well, he wants to make money, and he's bootlegging, and people want it. Like you said, yeah. the other elected officials, the people in the county, they were all like, yeah. Charlie, hook us up, of course. That's why I think when you said there were elected officials, that's one of the reasons why I think he didn't have to have a cover for his the shady rest. You just went to the shady rest. It was yeah. it was armored in case the feds ever showed up or rival gangsters showed up, but it wasn't to protect him from 
everyday yeah. type stuff. He knew what he was doing, but he was secure. Was there a river? Did you did you notice if there was any river or body of water nearby? No, but I'm assuming there was because yeah. of the time and the fact that there's this mean there's like five thousand people showing up at these clan rallies. So I'm assuming that that means that there's some sort of a lot of large towns, especially industrial towns, are built around bodies of water. So I well, assume. the reason I ask is because I'd seen something somewhere, um, and I won't quote reference because I don't remember, but I'd seen something somewhere where a speakeasy was created, and when when they were raided or when someone came in, they had a a shelf lock, a shelf button, or a lever, yeah, and dropped all the liquor into the water. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that. Uh, I don't know. I think Charlie was very much the other way, like. I think he would have tried to either pay you off and just killed you. Um, I mean, that's I that's my personal. Again, this is we're speculating here because we. I don't know Charlie Berger. You know Charlie Berger? I don't know. I don't. No, I don't. I don't think me and Charlie Berger would have got along. I do not. I do not either. I mean, I think he would have been a cool guy, but I don't think we would have been friends like that. Um, so they they start taking over like the whole damn town, the yeah. whole damn town, and going house to house and shutting down people, and um, it's very bad. Because they effectively take over the whole town, and they can do whatever the fuck they want. And then, was it 1925? Is that right? Yeah, 1925? January 1925. Yeah, and that's that's two years after this whole thing started. Yeah. Um, the local like leader of the KKK, uh, the Grand Knob Gobbler, uh, I think is what they call him. <laughs> and his friend got into a fight. Uh, he had two clansmen with him, yeah. and they got in a fight with the deputy. They all got killed. How does that, like, are they in up with, with weapons? I mean, I don't understand. No, no, uh, one of, apparently one of them was good with weapons because uh, I'm guessing the deputy because they, they shot each other three students. <laughs> <laughs> None of them turned into jelly beans this time. But here's here's just an idea of how how ingrained, how, how divisive this was. Yeah, shout out to Frank Nash. 15,000 people showed up at the Grand Asshole's funeral. That's That's wild. That's, that's wild because 15 people want to show up and mock you. I <laughs> have 15,000. Yeah. Where do you even hold an event with 15,000 people? I, I don't know. At a speakeasy? No, 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 probably not. Probably not. No, probably not. Charlie probably would have let him, but it would have been a very different kind of view. <laughs> um, so even after this, even after the deputy gets killed and these poor guys have a shootout in the street, yeah, they remain empowered. That's crazy to me that you, you, you've gone from just effectively taking people over and harassing people and they're like, this is shitty, but I guess it's okay because they're not bothering me. I can understand people without that mindset yeah. and that the immigrants can't really do anything because who are they going to turn to? Everyone is either against them or in the clan. Yeah, I get that. And you, the criminals can't go, obviously can't go anywhere. Ring, ring, police, yes. Somebody's <laughs> harassing my bootleg. <laughs> yeah, good point. I tried to kill him, but then he tried to kill me back and I really just want my beer. I, yeah, that's, I don't see that going over very well. No. That's like calling the police to let them know that you've been robbed, but you're the one who robbed the stuff from the Yeah, it doesn't work out too well. Hello? Yes. Somebody stole my weed. This <laughs> is uh, um, very, very bad stuff. Yeah. Um, so they joined forces, the Sheltons and Charlie Berger and his gang. Charlie did have a gang. They've been joined forces. At this but, but they joined forces against the KKK. Like, oh, they've been gotcha. business partners. Yeah. Their forces... They really joined, like they did the fusion dance. Oh, and they put the earrings in, and they were like, "Blink, yeah." So you're telling me they had the quarter earrings in? Yes, that's right, the quarter earrings. I, I'm 94 percent certain that that's how this happened. Fusion. Ah. <laughs> so they, they 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 decide that they've had enough of this shit, and they pretty much decide to put that town back in control of the people, or at least take it away from the KKK. 
Yeah, I think that's more accurate. Yeah, I'm going to say that's more accurate, too. Uh, so they decided to bring the ruckus. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes. They come out with, like, Thompson, <laughs> a Thompson submachine gun, uh-huh. a double-barrel shotgun, and they start modifying, like, tanks out of, like, farm equipment and big trucks and stuff, like, yeah, armor in there. And so they're making makeshift, like, war machines. And rolling around like just going going after fools, yeah. Like fool on, we're the regulators. Mauna, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's crazy because uh, people people get killed and like modified hand grenades and stuff too, right? Oh yeah, no, 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 no. They 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 go fool out now. There's Damn. a war that happens after this, but with the KKK, uh, what happens is it turns out the people don't really like the KKK. Shocker. Yeah, well, because they took over power, they're kind of being assholes. I mean, they might have agreed with them in private and been like, yeah, this sounds like a good idea. Then they saw what they did and they were like, oh, no, what did we do? <laughs> but we can't take it away. Now they control everything. So surprisingly, when, when it got to Warren, cops did not show up to help either <laughs> side. They didn't show up to, like, people were calling there like, hi, Charlie Burgess in the street with a double barrel shotgun hanging out of a monster truck. And he just shot this dude in some bed sheets. And they said, um, yeah, we'll be there in five to ten minutes. And then they hung up and I guess went and got barbecue from barbecue stuff. <laughs> so, Charlie, they had called us and, and told us about this this uh, action that was going down. But, man, all we wanted to do was eat some ribs. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. The police didn't show up. And then they found, they got the bodies. They got bodies. Uh, mostly KKK bodies because Charlie Charlie did not die. I mean, I feel like Charlie is is the epitome of a gangster at this point. Yeah, no, he's definitely getting there. He's getting there because I mean, right now he's kind of this is what makes a man. Yes, he's a bootlegger. So okay yeah, yes, he's kind of a violent criminal. Yes, he's also he, okay with me in this time frame. But then he's like, oh, the KKK wants to do something. I don't believe in that, and he stood up to him. But that's cool. So, so that's, no, that's what I'm saying. That's cool. Is yeah. like he's like he's like the Punisher. Like I will firebomb you. I will shoot you. I will torture you. Yeah. I will steal it. I will kill everything you love. And he's like, but I'm doing it because you're a very bad person. Because <laughs> you're a mob boss and you deserve it. That's I, I, Charlie Berger. I mean, I feel like he was just protecting his his enterprise. In a way it was, but I, I can't help but think that, like, he had to have other challenges. Even the shelter in him had, had words at times. Oh, well, yeah. And he never resorted to, like, I'm not, I never saw anything of him having that kind of violence, mm-hmm. the level of violence. I'm sure he, there was other violence. So they ran him out of town. He was a little bit violent. But, like, he would beat a dude down. Not like he would just take you out back and Stone Cold kill you. And he definitely wasn't, like, walking down your street with a shotgun like Wyatt Earp. Just like, yeah. you die, you die, you die. Yeah, this, I think this rubbed him the wrong way because it wasn't just him. It was everyone that they were oppressing. Yeah. And he knew that they would. he needed the city back, of course, to help his enterprise. But also, they're sitting there telling you, you're no good Jew. You're yeah. no good immigrant. Mm-hmm. You're no good criminal. Yeah. You're no, you know, like, all this about you. And like, man, yeah. shut up. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you talk about me being a no good Jew, that's a problem. And, and then when you talk about me being a no good criminal, now hold on, you guys got to hold your words. Yeah, he's like, I'm a criminal, but come on, we all know this law is bullshit, right? And the same thing, he's like, and immigrants, we're in the coal fields, man. Everyone, yeah. every half of everyone's an immigrant. You the nation up. was built on immigrants. Yeah, pretty much. He starts, he starts grandstanding, yeah. but the civil rights movement was a uh, <laughs> that was the movement. That, yeah, that was Charlie Berger's civil rights movement. Um. And he didn't kill everyone that was a Klansman, but he, he he did enough that, like, I love the fact that the coroner yeah. was like, I can't write Charlie's name on this. Because I think he would have wrote, like, thanks, Charlie, <laughs> love, Williamson, count. <laughs> uh, but what he wrote was, uh, 
<laughs> homicide by parties unknown. Golly. I mean, that's that's ambiguous as you can get. No, I feel like that was very much like, yeah, we're just, just going to go ahead and write this one if, off. If they didn't have rubber stamps back then, because I guess they had shortages of rubber <laughs> well, yeah. in uh, southern Illinois, so they're like, you know what, just uh, write it out. But that's right. if it had a rubber stamp, it would have just been rubber stamped on bop, every. Bop, he just would have had a like a file card cabinet of uh, toe tags. He just said, "Homicide by murders and no." That's pretty awesome. But it probably would have been under uh, B or C for Charlie Merchant. Like he's like, <laughs> there we are. This these folks crossed the wrong man, and that man's name was Charlie fucking Merchant. That's a true story. Um, but he got enough of the claims. He didn't kill all of them. Yeah, they ended up. Not appearing back in town, they were like, "Well, um, we we shouldn't we shouldn't be here." Actually, you know that's a that that's a little bit. I guess that's true. They 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 didn't get peace though. It wasn't peace and quiet. The, oh the clan, no, most the, the, not. the clan disappeared. Yeah, but Charlie had had such success. Such success? I think it's the internal struggle that caused this. No, no, I'm saying such such success at driving them out, at proving that he was a badass that could kill people like this. Yeah, that he could drive fear, and he had the he had the people behind him too. Now, right? He's got some people. I mean, some people despise him because of what he did, but they already despise him. So he's got a lot of people despise him. But now there's people that went from liking to loving him yeah. because he freed them. He broke the shackles of the KKK from around, you know, their hamlet. Wow. Well, I'm saying they were they were under they were in total control. So I think it was very much he felt emboldened yeah. by the fact that he had just won this small war. And I think that's fair. Yeah. And then he thought, well, you know what, Shelton brothers, I don't like y'all. I don't like the way you do business. What? I think we're going to renegotiate. And they were like, uh, Charlie, things have worked out pretty much for us for a lot of years. I know we've had our problem. He's like, pistol on the table. We're going to renegotiate. Uh, so renegotiate they did. Uh, you you want you want to introduce this whole kind of idea of gangland? This is real gangland warfare. Yeah, think of, think think about that. Think about it. this is History Channel gangland warfare happening in the 1920s, right? And so so what I what happened is really Charlie decided the renegotiation piece was Charlie wanted to be the number one bootlegger. Yeah, and to be the number one bootlegger, he had to take out the Shelton brothers. There was no more there was no more opportunity for them to to coexist. In a commercial uh, commercial criminal enterprise like this, he needed to be the top dollar and the only one left. So, uh, so I don't feel like it was a negotiation at this point. I think it was more of a. I think he probably was like, "Look, we done business. You can get out of town." I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I don't think it was a real offer. Like he made him, uh, you know, how like I'm gonna make him an offer they can't refuse. Right. He, he's like, I'm gonna make him an offer they can't accept. <laughs> and no joke. Like, okay, you guys leave all of your stuff here. Yeah, and we'll take over. Yeah, by we I mean me. And get the hell out of town. Yeah, and and I, I guess I probably didn't have to go over well with them. Because, no, you know, then they then they both both sides kind of got ready for war. The uh, the Shelton brothers had a couple other people with them. It wasn't just the Shelton brothers; it was just mostly the Shelton brothers who were running it. As to why it was called the Shelton brothers gang, right, right. And Charlie, when I say Charlie Burger, Charlie had a gang. Now he was leading. He right. was, he was a lead from the front type of fellow. He yeah. wasn't like when we say people were getting killed by Charlie. I am not saying Charlie's gang. Yes, Charlie's gang. But Charlie was, in fact, up front. Like, uh, let me show y'all how to do this. Yeah. And he had, like you said earlier, he had the great respect and admiration of the the community, for most of the community. But there was some weird things that happened uh, after this. Like, in the war. Like, they had their, we we mentioned earlier that they had their own tanks. Right. This is officially when they 
have their own tanks. Like they well, they got real tanks, tanks, not just armored truck. And I don't mean right. real tanks. Like they didn't go out and, and bring in like the old World War One tanks. What you mean? They didn't put in the, the cheat code to get that? No, no. But they would they would go get different vehicles like bulldozers and stuff. Right. And like weld armor onto them. And then, like, put machine guns on them. That's some eighteen shit like that. Yeah. No, it really was. Like, they got locked in the, in, in the warehouse and had to get out. Yeah. And he's like, I love it when a plan comes that guy. That guy. And then Baracus was, don't be a fool. Stay in school. Do, 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 do. Hit some bullets, kids. I, I don't even know what the fuck to say to that. Oh, okay. I told you it should be a murder. Do, 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 do. Don't fuck with Charlie Murder. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, that's too much, man. Oh, damn. Okay, um, <laughs> trying to get back on track. Um, so they they created their own like like hand grenades and stuff, man. I mean, they were using like dynamite with, with modified dynamite sticks, throwing that shit places and bombing. Okay, okay, but do you know where they took the dynamite from? Uh, from a no, actually from planes. From planes, I guess crop dusters or whatever. Like they were just like they 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 fell from the sky. Maybe it was balloons. I don't know. But I learned this: they were dropping dynamite. Yeah, from the sky. You got a flyby with some dynamite. Like, Ama- imagine that right now. Tookie Williams didn't even drop dynamite from the sky, on motherfucker. That's so wild. That's so wild. Like, that was the first flyby. Like, really just light that stuff and drop it off. But I do know that one uh, one of these things hit... One, or actually, they didn't hit uh, the speakeasy. Or, no, not the speakeasy. Nor did they hit the uh, the rib shop, the barbecue place. They actually firebombed the lookout spot and, and right. killed a few people. A few of Charlie's people. Now, that can't have gone over very well. No, I imagine not. Charlie apparently really liked barbecue because he built a barbecue spot. Well, and he, he, probably, he probably liked his people, too. I mean, yeah. I assume somewhat. I mean, yeah, you, you, hopefully you put people in there that you can stand. Man, it's just the mayor got involved. This is the craziest part. The like, mayor? The mayor. They, they, mm-hmm. got, they got the mayor of a, of a nearby place. I can't remember the name of it. It was in uh, West City. Which is a great like comic book city name. <laughs> they were they were going to this guy. The, the Joe Adams was the mayor of the town. Yeah, and he wasn't so much supporting the Shelton's guy as he was the uh, exhibit of like he was pimping out their tanks. Like they mm-hmm. would come by his West City customs, and he was like, yeah. "Yo, I'll hook you up." Uh, oh yeah, he was a mechanic, right? Uh, something like that. I don't know if he was if he was a straight mechanic or, or obviously he wasn't a straight mechanic because he was doing tanks and shit. Yeah. Um, Charlie decided, hey, I'm gonna go harass this dude, but what I really want is their tanks. <laughs> like, imagine this: you have a small criminal warfare where part of your strategy is to steal the other team's tank. That's some red versus blue shit right there. Well, I'm just saying, like, right now when we think of gang Capture warfare, flag. right now when you think of gang warfare, the worst thing that could happen right now in America is maybe some bombing, but really you're talking about AK, out the side window, MAC-10s and shit. Yeah. Calicos. But you're talking about machine guns. Right. They, they are talking about real machine guns. They're talking about 1919s mounted on bulldozers with armor. Like, they have tanks. Could you imagine if Bloods and Crips had tanks? Grape Street had tanks like they just rolling on no. each other. No, I, no, I can't. That just I, that that's not something I can. Play. Oh Lord, no. Uh, it would, but they that was real back then. They had apparently could drop bombs from the sky on you. 
Like, this seems like it's full on, like, trenches is all they need to have, like, a small actual war. Like, if they could have trench warfare, that would be it. Golly, that's, I mean, let's pause it for a second, because that's, that's both cartoonish and, oh, and real and real at the same time. Yeah, it's like they're going to that Matrix armory. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, what do I want? <laughs> right. Everything. And I, oh, man. I, I don't know, man. That was... That was rough. So how what happened out of this? I well, mean, hold on. Before we finish, I'll finish with what happens with, with the mayor. But I want to want to touch on what you touch on. I think it's very very interesting. Um, so ended up that he was like, no, no, no. We we're not gonna do. We're not gonna give you any um, any tanks. He, you know, Joe Adams says no tanks. Yeah. These have been trusted to me. I had to do what I got to do. So they they go to his house and they hand him a letter and they go, here you go, man. Read this. It's from Carl Shelton, who obviously wanted the Shelton brother. Right. And he's like, all right, open. And they were like, pow, pow. <laughs> I hope it was blank. Or it just said bang. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, that's mean because the dude didn't deserve to just get killed. But I'm like, at this point, I need material for my podcast. You might as well die come. I mean, what the hell is that? Like, how do you... So, so the so the postman who delivered the mail to the letter to him was actually working for. It wasn't a. I don't think it was a postman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was just two guys. So two random guys walk up to your house and hand you a letter. It was the twenties. So two guys randomly walk up to your house and hand you a letter in this war laden town that you live in. He was in West City. That's a town over. He's like, no one's gonna harm me. I'm the mayor. So these Slash two tank mechanic. So these two gentlemen walk up to you with a random letter that says from one of your 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 cohorts, and you one let them in. No, oh, he he died on the porch, I think. Oh, okay. So uh, he came, so he came outside to greet these folks. Well, I mean, if they told him they were with Shelton's people, I mean, yeah, that makes. And sense. here's here's the other thing. I I mean, we know who it was that killed him, but I always thought maybe it could be Shelton's people because wouldn't it be the perfect setup to turn people against Charlie by setting them up for having killed the mayor? You know, that's a good. Point. I mean, I, that's that's my mind after the fact. Uh, it wasn't they they shot him. Uh, anyway, we we're talking about we're going to um, we're talking about weapons. Oh yeah, and modifications in this warfare that they were having. I think it's interesting to see. The level of warfare because we think, oh, it was so criminal with Frank Nash. Like, how could you just rob all these banks, right? Um, or with Babyface Nelson, like just shooting out in the street, yeah. shooting at bypassers, shooting cows. If you watch Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, shooting everything, right? But Charlie Berger and the Shelton's and all these gangsters, it's not just one or two, it's everyone involved in this war driving around tanks, got armored forts, like. What the hell is going on? Where is the FBI at this point? That's a good question. Like we said, the FBI is not in the show. They don't show up. They're not going to come in and save the day. They, they, they're, they're out. And they were like, if only we had guns. Um, ah, <laughs> oh, that's a joke. Man. And this is one of the earliest stories too, because this is right in the twenties. This is a very early. This is nineteen twenty-six when we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, when this war is really coming to a head. So I, I just think it's funny that you could you could make grenades, yeah. have machine guns, have shotguns, have tanks, have tanks, have planes, yeah. or balloons, or any kind of flying vessel. Like imagine right now how panicked the entire country would be if one gang in one city had a drone with a gun on it. 
incredibly panicked. I mean, oh yeah, you wouldn't be able to buy a drone. No, no one. No, they no, would instantly shut down sales within a week. Right. They would confiscate them shits. You would have to register them with the FC. It was like they would be like, nope, you got to start register registering them. Yeah. And but what's crazy is these guys were just like, no, we can have a full out war. No one's gonna. Stop. <laughs> That's true. And, and, and it's part and part of boy. Maybe it's the politics of the day and like the struggle because the federal there's no federal enforcement. FBI doesn't exist, right? I assume right. you have some marshals, but those clan guys were deputy marshals or whatever, right? And then you have local and state police. Local and state police, right? Now, let me ask you something. Okay. If you drove up in a tank, we're in a city of what? Well, not maybe not a city, a metro area, of a quarter million people. Okay. If you had one tank. If you went down to the armory and stole, like, even just a really nice Humvee, one of the, or DPS vehicles, one of the armored ones, who could respond to that? A lot of folks here in town. No, to a full, I mean, Pantex could because they have they have the stuff to stop that would be nuclear bombs because they dismantle nuclear bombs. That's correct. And they're, they're ready for terrorist attack. But I'm saying, like, if you were just running around, even, like, an APC, like, yeah, no. I, it, no with I, with people and guns and had planes overhead providing air support. Yeah, no. I, we, like I you have an A ten. Yeah, you could you could instantly bring everything to its knees. And this is ninety years later. Yeah, that's crazy to me. This like almost a hundred years ago, these dudes were doing better warfare than I could wage today. Yeah, I mean the access to the things was was a lot more. Readily available uh, today. I mean, it's it's not really possible to rob the armory. No, I and mean, they didn't really rob an armory. They just modified. It. I mean, could I modify a bulldozer? Sure, that guy did it. Whatever. Not too long ago, he made that armored bulldozer when yeah, the bank foreclosed. But me. you're not going to drive it down the street. No, they will stop you, even Absolutely. in cars. But I'm like, these guys were just. I mean, they were blowing up buildings because the shady the shady rest. Yeah. Does get bombed eventually? Mm-hmm. Like somehow it falls. The the they raise the Mario flag on it. Bowser goes down. I'd like to think that's how it looked too. It's just the same Probably. way, uh, made out of bricks. Feel like that's with exactly. the really black windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've mm-hmm. never understood what the purpose of the really black windows was in the Bowser castles. I, I don't know. You can't see out of. Like, what is that? Can't be question. Um. So, yeah, uh, the shady rest is just destroyed in a large explosion slash fire. Uh, four four bodies are found. And uh, they're they're just gone. Now that's that's coming from Wikipedia. I don't know if there were more bodies, but that's pretty much it. Like when I say the Mario flag was raised, yeah. I'm, I mean it, the Mushroom Kingdom flag went up because Charlie lost his spot, oh, yeah. and he pretty much stopped. There was I'm I don't know how to put this a state trooper, okay, that was rolling with possibly rolling with Charlie, and he came up disappearing too, and that just kind of brought. Everything down. Well, his wife disappeared too, right? Yeah, they they all disappeared. They were running stolen cars. They okay. had a chop shop. Char- Charlie was a real criminal, so he was running stolen cars. Yeah, for Charlie. That that's that's it. So, is there any kind of like speculation that maybe uh, Charlie's wife left with this cop? Oh, it wasn't Charlie's wife. It was the trooper's wife that went oh, missing. Okay. They both went missing, and they were hanging out with Charlie. And what they would do is, um, they would steal cars. Yeah, and then the trooper would find the car. And be like, reward. You know how when we were growing up, and we never did this because we had the food stamp. But the other the other kids would uh, steal people's dogs, steal dogs out of the yard. Yeah. And then wait for the reward poster to come up. And then find them. And then find the dog. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this God, is, that's, that's terrible. That's, that's what they were doing with cars. With cars, gotcha. 
No, we never did that. I want no. to clarify. We have never stolen anyone's animals. We stole car batteries from each other. Oh, man. Uh, one day we'll have a Q&A or a, a BS podcast, and we'll tell you some good stories, kids. But they ah. they they did this. They, they did that. Uh, well, we'll explain what, what it means to steal car batteries from each other. Let's do that. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, if you don't know what 100, if you don't know what 100 for 75 is, <laughs> you don't know. Then you just don't know. Um, Struggle is real. Charlie, Charlie got arrested. Yeah. And I'm actually sad about this one. Most of the time, you're the one that's like, no, he's a gangster. And I, I don't mind. I, I think he was cool. And I'm like, uh, he's a fucking gangster, man. Calm the hell down. Why are you gonna, how are you going to miss a gangster? Like, don't make me sound like that. Well, because you, you're like, with babyface nails and you were like, oh, sadly. And you more Frank, you, you still more Frank Nash. Damn right. Oh, is it because his own people killed him by being stupid? Frank Nash, rest in peace. Okay. So then we come to the point where we, we're going to learn that, that Charlie, as much as everyone says that Charlie was just a criminal, was just defending his enterprise, was just being a gangster, yeah, and that he didn't really have any stake in the whole, let's fight the KKK, I don't believe them kind of bullshit. It's not true. And the reason why I know it's not true is because he was arrested, he was sentenced to hang, he was actually the last person publicly hung in the state of Illinois. You mean publicly hanged? Yes. Sorry, I said hung. He was, the last, he was the last person publicly hung. I said it again. God damn it. He was the last person publicly hanged? He was the last person publicly hanged in Illinois. Thank you for helping me there. In Illinois? Illinois. Illinois? Illinois. Okay. One of his last requests, and this is cold-blooded. I mean, it's cold, like, in, in the, the shows you who he really is. Yeah. He wanted to be hung with a black hood, so they would instead the traditional white hood because he didn't want anyone to think he was a goddamn Clint. I mean, that's that's kind of I mean, like I said, that's gangster right there. He's like, oh yeah, y'all gonna take me out? I'm going out like a G. Make sure that you keep my legacy um, correct. You know, I kind of halfway expected, and maybe this is just my own um, my own perception of how things worked back in the day, the Robin Hood type rescues. I kind of wanted this man to get rescued. I mean, they were, he was going to be hanged by the neck until he was dead. Uh, I wanted someone to just come in and rescue him like they did for the A-Team. But I know that that stuff doesn't really happen in real life. But no. but today, I mean, we talked about several things that don't really happen no, in real life. No, I understand you. You know what? You know what? You will you will enjoy this. His actual last words. That was his last request, the, the black hood. Yeah. His last words were, it's a beautiful world. It's a beautiful day. Wow. And then he was like, hit it. Golly. Like, that's what I mean by, like, when you say epitome of gangster, this is kind of what I think about. Yeah. Like, to me, being a gangster isn't all about just the crime and the violence. It's about the, like, Babyface Nelson is pretty close. Yeah. Because he's just wanton violence. Like, he like like Chinese food wanton, apparently, because I didn't say wanton. He meant uh, wanton yeah. violence. I was kind of wondering where you were going with <laughs> Yeah, that. no. Like, like, he wanton on soup, huh? Yeah. Right, right. No, he wanton violence. Yeah. Like, he just, you know, everywhere he went, he was going to bring the ruckus. Yeah. But Charlie was more very focused. Like, he was running a criminal, inter- he was running a criminal enterprise. Okay. But at the same time, he was like, that don't sit well with me. Yeah. He's the godfather type. Like, that don't, that, I do not like your, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Yeah. I don't like the way you're running things. I don't like the way you're doing things. So, you know what? I'm going to change it. Let's do it. Well, so one thing I want to point out, too, and this is something I came across in my research in this, was 
that the, the Shelton Brothers got theirs. I mean, oh. which kind of made me, and, and I know we don't talk about the Shelton Brothers more in this, in this, uh, in this segment, so, but I'll still go into it, yeah. uh, because of that. And it's worth mentioning for, uh, Charlie's sake. Uh, Charlie got his revenge. I mean, these guys basically got taken out by somebody on the inside of their gang. They, yeah. they got, they got sent to jail for, uh, uh, some kind of robbery they gone wrong. Or no, they were, uh, the majority of the Shelton brothers went to prison. They were convicted for a robbery that happened back in 1920 that went unsolved. Really? And yeah. And they, uh, so I guess the crime was solved and they were, they were implicated. They were indicted, arrested, and did 25 years is what they were sentenced to. 25 years. Oh yeah. This is about that 1925, uh, uh, mail robbery, right? When they used to send like paycheck yeah. and money through the mail and the post. Yeah. Yeah. They stole like 15 grand. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what? I, I'm gonna quote. I'm gonna quote the Saturday Evening Post here. The Sheltons are America's bloodiest gang. Now that's not even in 1920, 1926. That's 1950. Wow. Yeah, that's that's wild. So that that's just crazy that they 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 lasted for so long. They weren't. I mean, there's not really anything. They were violent. Yeah. As this show, this is like really a good showcase for their whole. I don't know appeal. No, yeah. maybe not feel right. Flavor. I, this is the whole flavor. This is how they. This is how they did business. Like th- that may be also partly why uh, Charlie was with them to begin with was they provided muscle. I, I agree. I think that's probably. What and happened. he knew he had some protection, but also I think the fact that he going to war with them was pretty bold because you know that they're America's bloodiest gang. I don't think that he was worried about it at this point in time. No, I think, I think he thought he had the people with him, and he had the he had the you know he just beat off the KKK. They were all a little bit weak. Yeah, he beat him off. I don't know why you're... What? Don't turn me know. around here. That's exactly... You're so fucking doomed now, bro. <laughs> you're like, ah, yeah, he beat off the KKK. Yeah, Charlie Berger was doing the Dutch ski man down the fucking slopes with two, with the grand, grand ass hat and the one-eyed cyclops. I like he was... I can't even, man. Oh... Okay, so but here's the, here's the point that I wanted to bring up about about uh, for Charlie's Revenge. So the that was a great name for a pirate ship, by the way. Charlie's Revenge, yes. Also copyrighted. I am the captain now. <laughs> anyway, uh, Frank Buster Workman worked for the uh, for the Shelton Brothers, and he was taking over their enterprise or holding over their enterprise while they were in jail. While the Shelton Brothers were in jail for this crime, when they get out. Man, they try to they try to take it back, but wait a minute, they got out. Wouldn't it be like, what, what, well, hold on, what year would that be? I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, <laughs> oh no, okay, I don't care. Go ahead. They eventually got released from prison. Uh, 1948, somewhere around there. Holy shit! Yeah, so they were they were they were straight gangs. Right? Yeah, they were. And, they served time, and they yeah they did serve some time, but they also got off. Frank Frank decided <laughs> he he's like they got off off. Yes. Frank decided that he uh he 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 wanted to keep the gang. He wanted to keep. In, in power. He didn't want to pass it or turn it back over to the Shelton. Makes sense. I mean, he had a bloodless transition. They were like, here, hold our stuff. And then they, they came out of prison. They were like, we need our things. And he was like, well, what thing? Right, exactly. I mean, that's pretty hardcore because they served even like half of their term. Like, you got a whole half a generation of people that just don't even know who you are. Like, that's your true. gang evolved and changed. And mm-hmm. if he was smart, he replaced like people on the inside with his people. You come out, you ain't got no kind of loyalty. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's just, that's rough. Of course, 
knowing what we know about this time period in history, it's also totally possible that they were just having gang meeting in the in the parking lot of the That's prison. True. That's true. And the warden thought that they were really good guys and let them have the keys <laughs> in the car and go Frank Nash style outside. Yeah. And they were like, hey, I got to meet up with some friends. Be back by six. Don't forget your sweater. <laughs> and never show back up. Yeah. So, uh, like, there were three, there were three Shelton brothers that we know of for sure. Um, Carl and Bernie Shelton were both murdered by, uh, at the order of Frank Wardman. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, Frank didn't want to give up his power. He just, he wasn't interested in that. Earl Shelton was ambushed and shot. Oh, Lord. But uh, then later on, but he, he didn't die. But I think he took a hint and said, I'm going to get the fuck out of town. <laughs> and so him and his family left for, uh, Florida. So that's where they Sweet. remained until he died. Uh, but he was the last member of the Shelton Brothers gang. Which I guess you really can't call him the last member of the Shelton Brothers gang. You can just call him the last member of the Shelton family or the artist formerly known as the Shelton Brothers gang. I don't know. Maybe the rest of them died too. Maybe. maybe. I'm not. I, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go on uh, WikiTree or Ancestry.com and look up the entire family tree of all of the members of the Shelton. Please don't. This is <laughs> general average Joe research podcast about history. <laughs> not not a crime. Who done it? Oh man. Uh, so anyway, he 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 was the last one. When did he die? Uh, he you know, he, yeah, he died. He he lived in ninety six. What? Yeah. Wait a minute, nineteen ninety six. No, no, the age of ninety six. Oh, okay. In nineteen eighty six. I was like, holy shit. I mean, that's that's old. No, he lived in ninety six, but eighty six <laughs> is still long enough. Well, yeah, no, no, he still slept with a st- like a sticky down on my dungeon's pillow just Probably in case the ghost Charlie Burcher paper. <laughs> Charlie Burcher. Ah! Well, can you imagine like meeting this man before he he passed? I mean, we neither one of us would have ever had that opportunity. But uh, can can you imagine like the history this, of the stories this man must have had? No, it's a really cool. It's a really cool thing to see that yeah. that like some of these guys lived around long enough to see thing the world turn. Yeah, and but also to pass on their history. I don't know if he passed on anything. I would hope he did, or somebody went to collect it because it's a very important part of history. My favorite part of researching for the show mm-hmm. is always actual interviews. Yeah. I mean, reading things is fun. Watching videos is all right. Um, but most of the time when they're just like talking at you, they're very boring. But when you get the actual interviews of people whose families were involved or did it. Now, I watched a video actually during this one about a guy whose great uncle or uncle worked for the Shelton Brothers and oh, yeah? did collection. Yeah, he would pick up because they were involved in like prostitution protection, all the regular mm-hmm. criminal stuff. And he would go make pickups. And so he, he would just talk about his uncle and like how he had a regular life, but he also was like a strong arm for the Shelton Brothers game. And it didn't really fit into what we were, what we were talking about the war because he didn't talk about the war really. Yeah. But just the whole idea that these things are out there, that these people, you never know when you run them. Because it's 86. Let me ask you something. Sure. If you ran into an 86 year old dude or an 84, 85 year old dude, uh-huh. how many times have you ran into a guy over 60 and expected them to be a gangster? Um, you know, I can say probably not often at all. Right. So you never even think about like asking people their story. Are you a gangster, sir? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, but even like for us right now, the prime example is a Vietnam veteran. Yeah. A lot of people forget, like I personally forget because I forget how old I am that I'm aging. <laughs> right. And so in my mind, the Vietnam vets are always in their late 40s and their 50s. And I forget now they're getting into their 70s, 80s. Right. And so it's very weird. And like the fact that World War II vets aren't around. You know, you're right. And it, I think it's very important to just record their story, you know, their story. And I mean, if you have a chance, and this is just 
man, this is completely sidebar and segmented from this the show we wanted to do. But I think it's really important to it's a paramount importance to to spend time listening to the stories of of our veterans. If you have the opportunity, I mean, whatever. I think above any else or anything else, you need to listen to them because they got a lot to say. Even if it's Oh, yeah, I was, I was here in this time and they can tell us about what the world was really like back then because we can read everything. We can listen to a few interviews from people who are yeah. history, uh, history, history, history buffs or history majors, but we'll never really know what it is to live through that time. And I think this is a way for us to experience that history through their eyes. I, uh, if you go on YouTube and this is where we're now past the show, we're just giving advice and feelings here. Uh, one of the things I like to do is to actually find combat audio mm-hmm. that people have posted and listen to it because you get a real sense of sometimes how impersonal the battle becomes and other times how horrific it is for them. Yeah. Uh, if I can give out a recommendation, I'm not going to just like shout out people right now. We do shout outs all the time. Guys, there, trust me, look at our Twitter feed. You get it. Uh, the Great War on YouTube is about World War One, and it is an amazing show that goes Week by week through the war, it's starting in 2014, and it's 100 years in the future, you know, 100 years since the Great War, World War One, And they go week by week, and then they also have special segments where they talk about it. There's so much history, so much you realize you didn't know. Like, I'll be real honest. I'm stupid. Uh, I did not realize that the trench coat, the trench and trench coat, is a trench from World War One. Like, it's trenches being in a trench. Yes. I know. I said I was dumb. Oh. But that that's it. But one of the other things I'd like to talk about is we've talked about how we would like to do things with our Patreon. And one of the things that we've been we've been contacted about and we would love to do, but we don't have the time right now. We don't have the money. Like this is the biggest part is we'd like to get these stories from veterans. Now, a lot of them have contacted us wanting to talk about their experiences in wars, in, in duty posts, um, just life afterwards. In everything, and I know that it helps because there's a there's a real problem in the country, and I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to soapbox, but I will say if you go give to our Patreon, that is another thing that we are working on. We have so many things we'd love to do. Uh, we're going to continue to do this podcast 100. percent Absolutely, but we'd love to bring you other things, uh, not just history, and not just us talking. We'd like to get interviews ourselves, and we'd like to stretch our wings into I don't know maybe geography. Definitely science. Definitely science. Maybe not a meteorologist. Every episode will be different. We'll find out how meteorology works. Because I'll be right. I don't know what the hell's up with the Doppler radar. I know how radar works. I know how the Doppler works. Yeah. I don't know what I'm really supposed to be seeing when I look at the map. Like what are rotations and stuff? So we'll learn about clouds. Which is different things. And Shalom has things he wants to learn and teach you guys. He actually has a lot. Um, as Americans, we don't always learn about African history so much. That's true. So I know you have. You are really excited to bring uh, Biafra. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's um a, a time, or rather, a subject of history that's near and dear to my heart. So I think it'd be it'd be great yeah. to bring on some uh, some actual interviews and then bring some more knowledge as well. But some people who experience Biafra, uh, some people who are still living Biafra, and kind of uh, just get some interviews from them, their perspective, and uh, provide that information to you. Um, another thing I want to mention is we are on not historians on Facebook on Twitter. We're on Instagram, right? Uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere you guys can listen to us. We greatly appreciate you doing that. We greatly appreciate you listening this long to this show because these are the after, I guess, the after notes. Yeah, and we we appreciate reviews. 
You know, because I think that one way we grow is by knowing what we can do better for you, what you want to hear. Um, I saw that we we put out a, we put out a survey to see what what kind of uh, theme you want to see next. Yeah, we're doing gangsters right now. We just did this episode. We've done we've done two other ones. We're going to continue to do it throughout the year, but we want to get our research started on next season. Right, which looks like it's going to be samurai. But it know, does. It's too early to call, but again, we're going to do the research on that and get back to you. Yeah, uh, but. Again, we we really appreciate the support that you all have uh, provided to us and continue Definitely. to provide. We're looking forward to continuing this in the future. But let us know what you feel. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Give us a review. Yeah, because that's the only way we grow. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're going to go. I would tease the next show, but I'll be real honest. Uh, it's going to be hilarious, and I feel like giving the title away is going to give it away. So you're on your own. Oh, I will tease this, though. If you listen to the Gravity Beard podcast, we're going to have a very special guest. Uh, actually, probably before this episode comes out, but if you're listening to this episode, you should go back and check it because we have awesome guests. Indeed. Bye. Bye, everyone.